Before we begin this video, please comment who you think the 10 best teams in college football are down in the comment section below with your college football playoff projections, who you think is going to match up in the Sugar Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the two semifinals this season, who you think will come out on top in those matchups, and who do you think will face off in the national championship game and win the 2023 national title, the last of the four-team playoff era. We're going to be talking about all of that on today's episode of College Football with Sam. Welcome back. Make sure to subscribe to the channel so that you can help us reach our goal of 20,000 subscribers by the end of the 2023 college football season. It is a massive goal, but it's one that I believe we can achieve, especially with a huge November, December, and early January talking about the college football playoff, national championship, and some early 2024 preseason thoughts. Like this video as well, and hit the notification bell so that you can get notified when I produce more college football and Big Ten football content. This is the best Big Ten football channel on YouTube. I agree with that, and I believe in that, as well as the people who have helped build this channel and the subscribers of this channel. Also, last thing I'm going to say, please check out my Patreon page via the link in the description and the link in the pinned comment in the comment section if you want to support the channel and also gain some bonus content depending on your Patreon tier. Without further ado, though, we are going to talk about teams 10 through 1, starting with number 10 first and saving the best for last at number 1, and then we will jump into our college football playoff predictions here on College Football with Sam. Oregon State is back in my top 10. They have been here before, and at some point, they were inside of my, I think, top eight earlier in the season, but then they lost to Washington State, they arrived back into my top ten, and then lost to a now 7-3 and three Arizona team who was on the rise. And Oregon State at 8-2, and 5-2 and two in the Pac-12, I love their offense, they crushed Stanford 62-17 to in Week 11, Stanford is a nothing burger, but Winning 62-17 to against anyone in the fashion Oregon State did is impressive. They have a big top 10 matchup with Washington that I will be previewing likely tomorrow, and I'm very excited for that game. Oregon State's currently a favorite. Their overall offense is their strength, but their overall defense is a weakness. They remind me to a certain degree of last year's USC team, just with more physicality at the lines of scrimmage and a better defense than Alex Grinch's in 2022. They lost a lot from last season. I think that's why their defense has been a little off-kilter. They have elite players at running back with Damian Martinez, elite tight ends, and perhaps the best offensive line in the country. And Jonathan Smith and Brian Lindgren, that's a great set of offensive minds there in Corvallis, Oregon. So Oregon State is at number 10. They could rise perhaps rapidly in my personal poll, if they win this week, and also if they win against Oregon. Oregon State still has a path, albeit a tough one, to reach the Pac-12 championship game. At number 9, we have the Texas Longhorns. They beat TCU 29-26 in Week 11, once again falling apart in the second half. Texas, nonetheless, is 9-1, 6-1 in the Big 12. They're ranked 7th in the college football playoff rankings. I'm lower on Texas 
than others are. I'm just not impressed with them. They have elite players at running back. Jonathan Brooks is out for the season, yes, but I wanted to include him in the running back room because he's just been a part of this team for so long. I hope that he recovers and is healthy as much as he can. End-of-season injuries really suck. At wide receiver, Xavier Worthy, Adani Mitchell has come onto the scene, which is awesome to see. Isaiah Nair, Jordan Whittington, great set of wide receivers there. Tight end with Jatavion Sanders. And along the defensive line and offensive line, Texas is very physical. However, the second half collapses must be fixed, whether it's against Kansas State, TCU, Houston. It doesn't matter whether you have Malik Murphy out there or Quinn Ewers. Steve Sarkeesian's game management has been extremely questionable. I'm beginning to think that Texas caught Alabama off guard, and they're legitimately not the better team than Alabama. That win against Alabama is looking awfully fluky from early in the season. Wouldn't be surprised if Texas dropped their game against Iowa State this weekend. At number eight, we have the Penn State Nittany Lions. Penn State, along with Oregon State, is the only two-loss team in my top 10, they're 8-2, and 5-2 two, and two in the Big Ten. They lost to Michigan 15-24 to 24 in Week 11, and they were 8th last week in my top 10. Why haven't they changed? Why haven't they dropped? Because Penn State, they lost to Michigan like I expected them to. And Penn State actually played a closer game with Michigan than I anticipated. Though I didn't necessarily expect Jim Harbaugh to be suspended, and by the time he was suspended, it was late into Friday. I wasn't interested in adjusting my prediction, and emotions were already setting in, so I didn't really want to change anything. But Penn State, their two losses are to Michigan and Ohio State, who I think are top four teams. The College Football Playoff Committee thinks they're top three teams. This might be the best defense in the country with the unit Manny Diaz has. They're top three in rushing yards allowed per game, and in average yards per carry allowed per game, and yet Michigan was still able to out-physical them. It shows how good of a team Michigan is, and also how good of a team Ohio State is for being able to beat the Penn State Nittany Lions and handily control them. Penn State has elite players at running back with Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen, elite players at defensive end with Chop Robinson, who was back and looked good against Michigan in pass rush, Adisa Isaac, Abdul Carter at linebacker, Keelan King and Johnny Dixon at corner, and Keaton Ellis at safety. Elite defense, the pass rush, I think, might be the nation's best. The offense is inconsistent and needs improvement. However, that is why James Franklin fired Mike Yersich, even though I think there are some deeper problems within that program relating back to Franklin. But at number eight, I have the Penn State Nittany Lions. I still think they're a great near-elite team, despite the fact that they have two losses. The college football playoff has ranked them ridiculously low in my mind, behind Missouri, behind Louisville, but it is what it is. Everything will sort itself out. Florida State, I think this is a team where the college football playoff committee is also wrong. Washington should be ahead of Florida State. Washington has the more impressive win against Oregon, and Washington consistently on a week-by-week basis has looked like the better team. Florida State, they only beat Miami by seven at home. Miami is a team that has several close losses, but can't help themselves but turn over the football. Florida State is a team that's very strong at skill position. That's why they're 8-0 in the ACC. That's why they're 10-0 overall, despite at times looking 
completely asleep. Or, at times against Pittsburgh, and LSU in the first half, dead. But they have a a very high upside. They have elite players at wide receiver with Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman. Tight end with Kyle Morlock and Jaheim Bell. Jared Verse, great player. Jordan Travis is a player that has high upside. Trey Benson at running back has been able to break off some big runs. The Seminoles just have to play more complete football. I cannot stress that enough. If they continue to play the way that they are right now, they will be destroyed in the playoffs, and they could easily still drop a game to Florida State, or Florida, rather. Although Florida State, I would argue, would be losing the game on their own accord, not Florida winning. Florida's an awful team. Or they could also lose to Louisville or maybe, maybe North Carolina or whoever else could reach the ACC championship game if Louisville loses to Miami. Florida State's at seven. I think they're an overrated team. I think that one loss Alabama is better than Florida State. Alabama is a team that has been rising in recent weeks. They're nine and one. They're undefeated in the SEC. They have FCS Chattanooga coming up this week. That's going to be an easy W for Saban to earn, I don't even know, how many seasons in a row that he's won 10 games at Alabama, dating all the way back to 2008. So closer to two decades than not, Alabama has won at least 10 games in every season. In every season. And they're still in the playoff picture. They are at number eight, though, behind Texas, and behind Oregon. So there is a world, as rare as I think it is, there is a world that, let's say, Georgia loses to Tennessee and Alabama beats a Georgia team that already has suffered a loss and maybe looks weak in their final few games. There is a world where maybe Alabama could win the SEC championship game and with how the committee has rated Texas and Oregon ahead of the tide, Maybe Alabama would get left out, but I highly doubt that. I think Alabama is in control of their own destiny. Their overall defense is their strength. Their run game, especially on offense, but at times on defense, I think is a weakness. There is something about Alabama's defense that I just don't like in the sense of when we classify Alabama having an elite defense. I don't think they have an elite defense. I think they have a near-elite defense, but a good-to-great offense and an elite special teams unit. All of that makes a nearly close-to-top-four football team. They crushed Kentucky 49-21. to They have elite players at linebacker with Dallas Turner, cornerback with Kool-Aid McKinstry, safety with Caleb Downs and Malachi Moore, and Jalen Milrow is an improving quarterback. He's top 10 in quarterback efficiency right now, averaging over 10 yards per pass attempt. He's morphing into the player that I thought he would be. This year, really from the get-go, a top 10, top 15 quarterback. The rushing attack needs to be more consistent, though. Alabama is only averaging 4.1 yards per carry on the ground. That's not championship caliber. But 9-1, 7-0 in the SEC, they've already locked up the SEC championship game spot where they will face off against Georgia. At number 5, we have the Washington Huskies. The Washington Huskies are 10-0. They're 7-0 in the Pac-12. They beat Utah 35-28 in a close home game in Week 11, and now they have to travel to Oregon State, to Corvallis, to play a Beavers team that is 11-1 over the past two seasons, including this one, at home. So, tough test for the Huskies. I have them ranked number 5 exactly where the College Football Playoff Committee does, and I think that 
They're a team that struggled at times, whether it's against Stanford, whether it's against Arizona or Arizona State, but they're undefeated. Their upside is one of the highest in the country. They have elite players at quarterback with Michael Penix, wide receiver with Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, tight end with Jack Westover, offensive line with Roger Rosengarten, and some other players there, Mateo Mele, for example, and defensive tackle and defensive end with ZTF. Their trench play is great. And they do have a solid run game. Dylan Johnson right now, I think, might be on pace to cross 1,000 rushing yards by the end of the season, and he already has 10 or more rushing touchdowns. So Washington's becoming more of a balanced team. However, I do think their pass defense needs to improve, whether it's Bryson Barnes, Bo Nix, Caleb Williams. I know a lot of these quarterbacks are great. Others like Bryson Barnes fold when they face great passing defenses. The pass defense is a concern, and their run defense isn't exactly amazing either. But I think especially the pass defense is an area of vulnerability. The passing offense, though, I still think is the best schemed in the nation and one of the most effective and one of the best when it comes to player performance in the country. So Washington is just outside of my top five, or top four, rather. Georgia entered my top four. They're 10-0, and 7-0 in the SEC. They faced Georgia Tech at the end of the season. Their last SEC game is against Tennessee this weekend, and they've already locked up the SEC West division. What do you call that? They're already the West division champions. Let's just leave it at that and move on. Georgia beat Ole Miss. 52-17 to in a very impressive performance. Georgia is not number one, number two, or number three for me because I've seen whether it's against Auburn, whether it's against Ole Miss, whether it's against South Carolina, the running attack, especially the run defense, has concerns. Georgia ran for nearly nine yards per carry against Ole Miss, but at other times, they've struggled to run the football. I think Ole Miss just has a gross defense, and I think games against Texas A&M can attest to that, along with games against Georgia Tech, Tulane, when they didn't have Michael Pratt. Ole Miss is an all-offense, no-defense team, and Georgia will destroy anyone who is one-dimensional, especially at home. I think they played one of their best games of the season. That's why they're rising in my rankings. They have elite players at tight end with Oscar Delp, with Brock Bowers, who's back from his injury. And at offensive line, they have Cedric Van Pran, Tate Ratledge, Amarius Mims. I think Georgia, Oregon, and Oregon State have the best offensive lines in college football. And at quarterback or cornerback with Lassiter, they have great players there. Malachi Starks at safety. Speaking of quarterback, Carson Beck is a top 10 QB in the country right now. And Georgia with Will Muschamp and Glenn Schumann has an elite defensive staff and they're great in the trenches. They have solid strength and conditioning. Solid's an understatement, more so solid like a brick wall, where Georgia, honestly, at times, looks like an unstoppable force or an immovable object. However, they need to do a better job of defending the run. There were missed tackles against Quinshon Judkins. Auburn was able to use Jarquez Hunter, Robbie Ashford, and Peyton Thorne to run all over them. And Georgia's rushing attack... I'm still not convinced that it is an A-level rushing offense, but the passing offense and the pass defense is among the best in the nation right now. 
I think Georgia's close to a lock of entering the college football playoff. That's how good I think they are. At number three, we have the Ohio State Buckeyes. They're 10-0, and 7-0 in Big Ten Conference play. They beat Michigan State 38-3 in Week 11. I imagine that Ohio State would love to beat Michigan by that score in a few weeks, but they have Minnesota at home to prepare for next, and you cannot overlook anyone in the sport of college football. Ohio State's defense is their strength, despite the fact that they have elite wide receivers like Emeka Igbuka and Marvin Harrison Jr., who I think should be a Heisman Trophy candidate. At defensive tackle, linebacker, corner, and safety, with players like Tyleek Williams, Ty Hamilton, Michael Hall, Tommy Eichenberg, Steele Chambers, Cody Simon. At corner, Jordan Hancock, Denzel Burke. At safety, Josh Proctor, Sony Stiles, Davis and Igbenosin there at defensive back as well. The Buckeyes, this defense, similar to Penn State's, could be the best in all of college football. I still think Ohio State has an elite offensive staff. I don't think they have the personnel at offensive line or the type of high upside quarterback that they need to run the offense that Ryan Day wants to run, which hasn't helped because Ryan Day has tried to experiment and toy with different things and play calls on the offense, sometimes to the offense's own detriment. But against Michigan State, they finally passed more than they ran, and I think that's how Ohio State should operate for the rest of the season, especially since when it comes to pass blocking, their offensive line is improving. And overall, their O-line is improving, but it's still an area of concern for me. I think that this offensive line isn't elite. It might be a good, great offensive line now as opposed to an average or below average one that we saw in early October, late September. Right now, it's peaking. The question is, how high is the possible peak for Ohio State's offensive line? I don't think they can reach that elite level of play. Maybe I'm wrong, but the entire defense has a plethora of talent, and the wide receiver core is the deepest in all of college football. Also, the tight end room is deep, and Cade Stover, I think, is a near elite to elite tight end as well. The Buckeyes have stayed steady at number three. They were there last week. My top 10 overall did not change much. Georgia simply jumped ahead of Washington, and Oregon State replaced Ole Miss. Those are the only changes in my top 10 from last week. And number two remaining is Oregon. They're a one-loss team. They're at number two. You may be thinking, why? Well, I'll tell you why. They, along with the other team at number one, spoiler alert, the Michigan Wolverines, are the most efficient teams in all of college football. Oregon beat USC 36-27, to and that wasn't the most impressive performance in the universe. I expected Oregon to hang more than 40 points while holding USC to about what they ended up holding USC to. But USC got a late touchdown. Oregon was tearing apart that defense in secondary. Overall, it was just a, a lower-scoring addition of what my prediction entailed, and one that was slightly closer. Oregon has weaknesses in their pass defense. They have to improve their coverage. But their trench play, vicious. Their run defense and their run offense, that might be the best combination of a run game from a defense and offense sta standpoint in the country. Bo Nix, Heisman favorite right now. Troy Franklin, elite wide receiver. Bucky Irving, Jordan James, and Noah Whittington, great running backs. And Whittington right now is the third option. And the offensive line with a Johnny Cornelius, with Jackson Powers Johnson at center, 
and with Josh Connerly Jr., they make up, I think, the best offensive line, along with potentially Oregon State and Georgia, in college football. This Oregon team is extremely impressive. They are one of the most efficient teams in college football. They're well-coached. Dan Lanning is becoming a better coach every week that he's managing this Oregon team. And I think they're better than Washington. I think they're better than Oregon State. And Oregon, they travel on the road to play Arizona State. They can't overlook Arizona State as they are coming off a win against UCLA. And they played USC and Washington competitively. It wouldn't shock me if Oregon played Arizona State competitively. But it wouldn't also shock me if Oregon blew out Arizona State and then dominated Oregon State, which is going to be a home revenge spot for Dan Lanning and his Duck squad. So Oregon's sitting there at number two. And at number one, I have Michigan. Michigan is 10-0. and They're 7-0 and in Big Ten Conference play. They beat Penn State on the road 24-15 to in Week 11 by exclusively running the football. They had a game plan. That game plan was faltering with poor tackle play and Chop Robinson and Adisa Isaac just blowing up the offensive line. So Michigan decided we're going to bring in max protect formations. We're going to go goal line and we are going to run the football, even on third down. And it matched up well with Manny Diaz's man blitz schemes that are really elite in terms of pass rush but questionable in terms of gap integrity and run defense. I think Penn State, again, going back to what I said earlier in the video, could have the nation's number one defense, and Michigan still beat that team on the road with the number one defense, in part due to Penn State's inefficiency on offense, in another part due to the fact that Michigan's the most efficient team in college football. I think they have a top-five offense, a top-five defense. They have played someone, so that's no longer a criticism of Michigan, but in playing someone, we did find a weakness of this team, and that is pass block. The rushing attack, I think, after watching their game against Penn State, I simply think that opponents have been stacking the box against Michigan, and Michigan, in passing the football more, hasn't been able to exhaust opposing rushing attacks as much as they have last year. However, I do think that J.J. McCarthy's supporting cast and pass protection has taken a step back compared to last year. And Uluwala Watimi, big miss as well from the previous season. If he was on this offensive line, Michigan might be averaging an additional touchdown per game in terms of scoring offense, which would put them, I think, number one or number two in points per game scored, and they have the number one scoring defense right now. J.J. McCarthy, I think, is an elite quarterback. I just don't think he had to do much against Penn State. Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, I think, make up the nation's number one running back room. A.J. Barner and Colston Loveland are elite. The offensive line, I don't think it's the nation's number one offensive line, but it is a near elite to elite O-line. And the defense, whether it's edge, whether it's interior, linebacker, any defensive back, full of great players like Mikey Sainra still, Will Johnson, Rod Moore, Junior Colson, Chris Jenkins, Kenneth Grant, who potentially made the play of the game against Penn State, 340 pounds chasing down a running back. And Michigan is the best strength staff in the country. If they can continue to be efficient and find ways to win, like they did with their interim head coach, Sharon Moore, it'll be hard to beat this team even without head coach, Jim Harbaugh. Those are my top 10 teams. Now we're moving on to talking about my college football playoff projections. 
for the 2023 through 2024 college football playoff, the last four-team playoff of the college football era, unless we somehow revert back to it. We're moving to the 12-team playoff next year. These are my current projections. I have Michigan playing against Oregon in the Rose Bowl, and I have Georgia playing against Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl. I think that Washington, there's a very good chance they lose to Oregon State this weekend, and there's an even better chance that they will lose to Oregon in a rematch in the Pac-12 championship game, and they could lose in a dominant fashion where Oregon could win by double digits. That takes out some competition because Washington right now is undefeated. If they win out, they're a lock. I think Texas, whether it's to Iowa State, well, I'm not doing a preview and prediction video on that game, so I don't have to leave it for mystery. I think Texas loses to Iowa State or they lose to someone to earn that second loss. I think Alabama will lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game. And after watching how Florida State played Miami, whether it is Florida or whether it is Louisville, I think Florida State will lose, and a one-loss Florida State is likely out of the college football playoff, especially if it is in the ACC championship game. If they lose to Florida but then blow out Louisville, then they're their conference champion, and they got a big win against a ranked team. If they lose to a ranked team on their last game of the regular season, I think that hurts their chances. That's why I have Ohio State sneaking in, because I think Michigan and Ohio State will play a competitive game, and I think that the Buckeyes, with their strength of record, strength of schedule, if they play a competitive game against an undefeated Michigan team who's number one in a multitude of power rankings, FPI, ESPN efficiency, they're number two in the JP poll, and they're basically neck and neck with Georgia, according to Josh Pate's model. Michigan losing by 14 or less on the road to them, that's nothing to be ashamed about, unless you're Ohio State and you have that expectation. From the college football playoffs point of view, that's nothing to be ashamed about. That's one of the best losses you could have in the sport of college football. I think Georgia goes undefeated. They beat Tennessee. They beat Georgia Tech. They beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. I think Michigan wins out, and I think the Oregon Ducks win out, beating Washington in the rematch and beating Arizona State and Oregon State. Number two, Michigan versus number three, Oregon, and number one, Georgia versus number four, Ohio State. I think that Michigan beats Oregon, and I think that Michigan will win it all. Between Georgia and Ohio State, this is very, very challenging, because I think Georgia right now has a higher ceiling than Ohio State does, and I think that Georgia having the better coach in Kirby Smart and having home field advantage in the Sugar Bowl, part of me would say that Georgia matches up well with Ohio State in almost the same way that Ohio State matched up with Georgia last year, despite the fact that last year Georgia was the better team. And this year, I think Ohio State, at least to me, is the more consistent team. I am, maybe it's, maybe it's out of the fact that I want to be right. For now, I would lean. <sighs> That's difficult. That's difficult to pick between Ohio State and Georgia for me. I think Michigan would beat either of them in the national championship game, so I'm going to leave that one up to interpretation. My heart says Ohio State. My brain says that Ohio State could actually run on this Georgia team, even given their problems at O-line, and I still don't think anyone could cover Marvin Harrison Jr., but there's also a part of my brain that says that Georgia would win, 
because I think Georgia has the more efficient offense right now. So since my brain is split and my heart says Ohio State, I'm going to go with Ohio State to win in the Sugar Bowl. Ohio State also has that revenge factor from last season where they lost by a point. And I imagine that people this year would more so favor Georgia to crush Ohio State than they did last year, where many people, myself included, saw a matchup opportunity for the Buckeyes. So Michigan versus Ohio State in the national championship, I'm more confident that that can happen in a rematch than I was, let's say, a week ago. Thank you so much for watching this video. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and comment your thoughts down below. Thanks to Crash2488, Anthony McDowell, and Justin Rogg for being Heisman Patreon sponsors. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst, Nowitty DLC, and SFS Inverted for being All-American Patrons. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for being All-Conference Patrons. Have a great day, guys, and I will see you all around. Bye-bye.